the, um, on a purely personal note, the, the death of my wife's father, my stepfather, on the 21st of June, uh, cast a tremendously long and important a shadow over our sort of mother of all research trips in the UK from which we've just returned. But you as well as I know that when someone you love dies, it uh, unsettles you at the very deepest level. I don't care who you are, I don't care how uh, long you've, quote, expected it or how sudden it is or how good it is, uh, a good death, whatever that is. You'll know with me that these events uh, singularly have the power to concentrate all that is good and true and important and lost as well in a life. And uh, thus it is very natural that I would like to speak to you out of the parable about the pearl of great price, which the Lord told in the context of Matthew chapter 13. And in this parable, he said that the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, the uh, first thing that the Lord uh, does is he, he sees uh, the human race as being compared to a merchant in search of fine pearls. He conceives of humanity as looking actively for something good and right. And uh, this parable is simply a paraphrase of U2's song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That's all the parable is, but it's a very profound rephrasing. The merchant was looking for fine pearls. I'm very conscious of this over the years. Uh, I'm always thinking of what are, what are women really after? I'm being sort of Oscar Wilde there. What, what, what does a man really want? You know, these uh, yards and yards of books on that subject, of books a million. Uh, what do children really need? You know, uh, those sorts of things. And I'm always remembering a friend of ours who was born very much with a silver spoon in his mouth and he used to get on the subway uh, from his apartment in uh, Greenwich Village and go up to visit his mother who had cancer. She was dying, but a very lingering sort of death at home on Park Avenue, and she lived in a very beautiful and very to be um, uh, desired uh, situation. And I said to him, why do you feel you have to go up every day insofar as your mother is not at all yet in the closing stages? I'm just curious. And he said very plaintively, well, I guess the reason is um, she doesn't really approve of my wife and everything I've done since I got married. And I guess I go up every single night for her to say something like, I love you. It sounds a little hackneyed and out of love story, but that's a true story. Uh, this man uh, looking for a fine pearl. And I so often discover in life that uh, men think that a woman can uh, be the one who carries the fine pearl. And anyone here has ever been in love romantically will know that that's the whole meaning of romantic love. That's what it's about. It has no other meaning. It is a man has a messianic feeling of connection with a woman or a person of any kind, whatever it is, you have a messianic feeling of connection and the barriers come down effortlessly and you can be yourself. And many times people will tell me in the height of some terrible uh, love triangle, 
uh, or something like that, that they are absolutely caught between their hopes for fulfillment on the one hand and their inherited obligations on the other. And I've seen it in women and I've seen it in men. Most of the people I'm talking about aren't here, by the way. They're your former wife, your former husband, the child that you're not in touch with, the, the mother that you're not in touch with, the stepmother that you're not in touch with, or the father. These are the people who've gone away. They're the ones really to whom the sermon is in a way um, adjusted. I'm talking to you and people that you know who by their actions reveal that they're looking hungrily for something and they're willing to give everything for it. Now most of those people aren't here and as I often quit, I'm often preaching here at the Advent and in any church for that matter, a gospel of type B people uh, before a congregation of type A's. You get, you get what I'm saying? Because uh, the type B people to whom the, the, the message is, is really directed aren't here. That's why Jesus had to go out and find the people, because the people to whom his message of unconditional grace was, was most powerfully directed to were not the ones who would, who would come into the church. And type A is just modern shorthand for Pharisee. It's not a put-down, because I'm one too. Totally! So, uh, but nevertheless, um, what we discover in life is that type A's, um, who are very much people in popular parlance, who are responsible in doing the right thing and are certainly devoted to doing many right things, are very similar to type B's, who are usually have lost their hopes of real lasting love and are therefore flexible. It's not really a joy being a type B. You think it's fun? Type B's are desperate. But what I've discovered is that type A's and type B's are all exactly the same because they all, we all want one thing. We all want the pearl of great price. And if you scratch a type A deep down, she'll tell you, I really just want to be loved. Despite all my good works and my, uh, my strong uh, integrity, I'm really someone who's crying to be loved. Remember that song by Traffic? Somebody's crying to be heard. You know, the type A's got it, and the type B is also looking for love. Mary Magdalene was a classic type B, and she just spewed it all out at the feet of the Lord, a type B. And she was looking for the same thing that the elder brother was looking for, which is the pearl of great price. And so I wonder if you'll help me to understand that we're talking about the pearl of great price here. The reason I preach this sermon is because a lot of people leave Christianity because they're looking for the pearl of great price and they don't find it in institutional Christianity and they look for it somewhere else. This is very sadly true in the world. Uh, you even might have taken a sabbatical from Christianity. You might have taken a long leave of absence from your faith at a particular point because your search for the pearl of great price was not satisfied. Very often these things come from early childhood. Very often, and I'm not just a shrink, it's just true. These tremendous drives for the pearl of great price. You could call the first part of the sermon rosebud and you wouldn't be making a mistake. There are drives in people that are so enormous some hungers for love that even Christianity doesn't quite make it to the core need. And this is why so many people, including your children and your parents, and people, know, drop out at a certain point or when they come into a major ethical or personal tempestuous crisis, God doesn't seem real to them and they're lost and shocked. Um, these drives are so powerful. I had a fascinating uh, experience of this. You see, I believe that everybody regresses. 
You don't have to believe this at all. But I believe we spend our entire life regressing back to childhood, even though God wants us to move to adulthood. But without God, we go back to childhood 24 hours a day, like that guy in the Twilight Zone episode who went back to Willoughby, you know? You go back to your childhood, and God forces us to our adulthood. Now, I was talking to this extremely well-regarded senior churchman in the Anglican Communion, and I was saying to him, oh, I noticed that you're moving from England. I'm curious to know why in your retirement are you doing that? Well, this guy who's really good news, he has decided, he and his wife, in their retirement, that he wants to go and spend his sunset years in the little town in the Ozarks where he's grow up. And he's extremely sophisticated by the world standards. He's so sophisticated you don't really want to be around him. And uh, the thing about this fellow is what he's done is he's, he's bought the house in which he was born in a little tiny uh, town in the Ozarks. Now, of course, I smiled. I said, Sigmund Freud, here we come. Uh, all I'm trying to tell you is you'd be astonished at how many people revert back. Has ever happened with your mother? What about your father? What about your husband? People are constantly reverting back because they're looking for the pearl of great price that wasn't somehow communicated. It's some deep desert of love. And so they're really, they think they're going ahead when they fall in love with Miss she has it, bombshell from wherever it is, but actually they're pole vaulting backwards as fast as they can to discover the pearl of great price. This explains why people are so irrational in their lives. And you've known people who are looking for the pearl of great price. They still haven't found what they're looking for. Well, the parable says that we are all merchants in search of fine pearls who, on finding a pearl of great price, went and sold all that we had and we bought it. Well, this is very true. Um, what happens when people find the pearl of great price or what they think it is, and you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about here, I'm talking about love. I'm going to define it quite Christianly in just a moment, but I'm talking about love. Something about love, because it's the only thing that has the ability to make a man or a woman do cartwheels of irrational behavior. It's the only thing that has the power over a human being, the search for something like love, let's call it that, that has the ability to make people act absolutely and totally out of character. You know, man shoots wife, kills self. You know, those are oh, the community in White Plains today was astonished by a man who shot his wife and shot himself. His neighbor said, he was such a nice guy, we never really thought he had it in him. Well, they just didn't know. He was looking for the pearl of great price. Obviously, he found it in a very, very wrong way. But this is how crime happens. This is how somebody you think is totally normal turns out to be wildly irrational. This is how you explain your daughter. How can you explain your daughter if, if she weren't looking for the pearl of great price? Or your difficult, cantankerous, alienating son? How can you explain your mother in her, in her third marriage? Now, this didn't happen to you. Uh, how can you explain people in their 60s. How can you explain someone, as I always say to you, in, in, in Garrison, uh, in Kirkwood, who, who is your sweet and beloved mother, who suddenly has hordes of four-letter words spewing out of her mouth? How do you explain it? Something went wrong there in the search for the pearl of great price. These things are coasting inside you and burning. So you give everything you have. Now I've got to ask you a question. What would you do for the pearl of great price? What is the one thing in your life that you'd give everything for. I mean, an obvious example would be if you have a child who's had an accident 
and is currently in the emergency room at, at Children's Hospital, that wonderful, wonderful institution. And that child is very, very sick. Now, you probably, if you're the mother and father of that child, would lay down your life for the sake of that child's recovery. I don't think there are very few people in this room who wouldn't do that, male or female. You would lay down your life for the sake of that child. What's that about? It's about love. It's about you do anything. You'd sell everything you had. I've known people who wanted to get pregnant, who were so deeply filled with the desire to get pregnant that they spent every single penny of money that they had, even a great deal, to find just the European specialist who they thought could give them this thing of love that they were so blocked in. I've known people who have gone traveled the world five times over to find the pearl of great price. It says that the merchant on finding one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, the question is, therefore, what really is the pearl of great price. We know that little Zacchaeus in the Bible was a type A man who was so in concerned of keeping up his particular scenario that he tried to find the pearl of great price without anyone letting know that he was doing it. So he climbed up into a tree to be hidden in the sycamore tree. We know that Mary Magdalene uh, had a different character. We know that the lepers would fall down at Jesus' feet and say, Lord, let me receive my cleansing. We know uh, that people would do anything for it. But what is it? Well, I'm going to give you my definition. I believe this is what the scripture teaches. The pearl of great price is the grace of God when you are expecting the wrath of God. The pearl of great price is the grace of God when you are expecting the wrath of God. Let me... Let me, let me get a little bit more out of that. Um, the analogy is in your marriage. If um, what you don't want a husband who is critical of you, I don't care about people who will say, oh, I want a husband who challenges me. You know, I want him to stretch me. You, you're, you're wrong. You may have felt that when you first met the woman. But when you're married to him, you do not want a husband that stretches you. You want a husband who loves you without criticism. Let me repeat that. The secret of a happy marriage is being with somebody who loves you without criticizing you. That's what men and women want. It's the pearl of great price. It is the secret of any marriage here that is happy. It is also the Achilles heel of every single marriage here that is unhappy. That is what it is. It's not money, quays money. It is not gambling, quay money. It is not the mother-in-law, quay the mother-in-law. It's not even sex, quay sex, although that comes very close. What it is, is the underlying pearl of great price, which is love that does not have an iota of criticism. That is what the world is looking for, and that is what we never get. You never get it from your husband because he's always a little bit critical. You never let it get it from her because she's always a little bit critical. You can't possibly get it. And it drives people to terrible misery. You couldn't get it from your mom. You couldn't get it from your dad. What a fortunate woman you are if you got it from your mother or your father. What a remarkably blessed man you are if you've gotten this from your father and your mother. And it's possible, but unlikely. You are looking for love that is not laced with criticism. And let me say one final thing. 
This sermon is not about a good marriage. It's not about a good relationship with your child or your mother. It's about God. Because the fact is, nobody in this church can offer another person the pearl of great price. It is absolutely impossible because human love is always tinged with criticism. There are sadly no exceptions. Now, if you're linked up with someone who fits the bill, as I've described, I would like to meet them, and I will personally pledge $1,000 towards building a church in their honor. Uh, but tell me, I'm asking you, but what the Bible's great message is, that the pearl of great price, which is something to the effect of um, he came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. His uh, word here is not to be found in a human being. I wish it were, but it's not there. And therefore we offer you a pearl of great price that is truly the pearl of great price. If you've imposed the pearl of great price on your wife, then your marriage uh, is filled with a total anxiety that she will ultimately be critical. If you've uh, imposed or imputed the pearl of great price on some important figure in your life or on something that you might have and own and hold in your hand, you are profoundly going to remain forever a merchant who is forever in search of fine pearls. And the greatness of the gospel is that our understanding of the character of God is that he is all mercy vis-a-vis -vis the gospel and no judgment. Now don't come on, don't come to me, which you'll do, and say, what about the law? What about the wrath of God? What about the justice of God? What about the righteousness of God? I'll second that emotion. But what you need from God before any of that comes into play you need the same thing you need from the person who loves you. You need what Jesus Christ came to bring, which is grace without an atom of criticism. And that is what has forever turned crabby, resentful, bitter people into open flowers and really loving emotional beings who are the very essence of the love of God in the world. Well, I, I've... Uh, express this thought, and I hope that this, uh, that this uh, 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 sermon has allowed you to look at your life at a deep level. I hope that you've been able to understand that underneath all this, that you're basing one who is a merchant in search of a fine pearl. And chances are that there's a part of you, if I woke deep, deep in the wee wee hours, who would probably admit to not having found what she's looking for. What I can say to you is that you'll never find in the love of this one man who came to us to evince and to express a love that is not in the slightest limited by criticism. Amen.